You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hi, everybody. I'm Jay Neely, and I'm going to be hosting the show for Park Flyer Podcast tonight. And as you can see, there's three of us, but uh, Mike's not here. But Mike is here, and uh, we also have a special guest. So, uh, Mike, would you like to introduce yourself? Since we haven't sure. Seen Hi, I'm AK Mike. <laughs> And I'm Jay from the hills of Texas. And our yeah, special guest for tonight is Doug Leroy. Yeah, right. We need Echo, Echo. <laughs> and he's going to be uh, with us tonight talking a little bit about an upcoming event. Um, but before we get to that, let's stop for a commercial. Three D Air Adventures, adding fun to the RC hobby, one layer at a time. Feeling weak and powerless? Sounds to me like you need A Power batteries. When someone needs the best, they always choose the A Team. A Power batteries. Get on the web and get yours today. All right, we're back. Hey, so uh, once again, we'd like to uh, introduce and uh, welcome back Doug, our good old friend from North Carolina. And uh, Doug, what's been going on? I mean, I, I just got to say, baby, I'm back, right? I mean, you guys, you're back. You guys are back doing a, a going to be doing a great event. You're, uh, we missed you last year. What's been going on? Well, that's right. We're, we're back this year. We're, we're planning our wings over spring event. Um, which we obviously, like a lot of folks, had to skip our event last year. So this is our um, fourth annual um, charity event benefiting Meg's Smile Foundation, which is a local uh, charity here in Holly Springs, North Carolina. And, uh, yep, we're, we've been planning it. And, you know, knock wood that uh, there won't be anything that will disrupt our being able to have our event. And, um, and I think uh, – I don't. I don't anticipate anything. Anything happening. We're we're well into our planning, and uh, we've got a nice uh, slew of vendors lined up to uh, that have donated a lot of nice raffle prizes. So we're really excited to welcome everybody to Holly Springs for a good fly-in on Memorial Day weekend. I'm sorry, Labor well, Day weekend. Know. Labor Day weekend. I don't know if uh, <laughs> if uh, <laughs> I don't know if me showing up is going to be a disruptor. I mean, I I plan on being there, so I don't know if that's going to disrupt things. Positively it's going to disrupt a lot of stuff. That's yeah, right. so, I'm yeah. not going to wear that yellow shirt. I'm leaving that at home. Uh, the last time we was there, I uh, wore this yellow shirt, and some of you might know this already. I wore this yellow shirt, and I don't know what kind of bugs they were, but they were all over around me and stuff. But interestingly, they didn't fly in front of my face, which was cool because I can actually fly my plane that way. But everybody was like, dude, you were getting swarmed. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then I turned around, and there was all these bugs right there. You're like a around. flower. I, I don't, I don't, I doubt that, but I, I get it. Yeah. I get the attraction. So, uh, for doing the event this year and now that we're in the, I guess it's post COVID time. Uh, so as the city township 
giving you guys any jazz about, you know, having groups of people together, having fun? I, I have no idea. Nope. Nope. They're completely supportive. In fact, we're, um, uh, it looks like it, it as best I can see, it looks like we're going to be a pretty normal fall. We've got a, um, uh, the Wings Over Spring event, which is Labor Day weekend, Saturday of Labor Day weekend. That's our big fly-in. In October, there's a huge town celebration uh, called Holly Fest, and we'll be doing Buddy Box flying there. So we've already got our vendor okay. tent and Buddy Box station set up for that. And then in November, we're doing a Try and Fly event through Parks and Rec. It's our first first official one through the Parks and Rec department. So um, folks that are residents can sign up uh, through Parks and Rec and come experience RC flight, and that'll be in November. So we're going to finish the year strong and hopefully uh, next year get back to a more normal uh, cadence of indoor fly-ins, outdoor fly-ins, fun fly-ins, you know, a lot of good stuff. So I miss indoor flying. I haven't done one of those in a long time. I know. We we did one right before COVID shut us down, you know, (laughs) before everybody was afraid to gather anywhere inside um, with with people. So, um, yeah, it's – yeah, I think everybody's just, uh, you know, kind of know what the what the deal is, and and uh, you know it's outdoors, so we're just gonna have fun. So we're looking forward to it. Well, cool. Very I'm neat. looking so forward to it this too. try and fly. Yeah. So for the try and fly, so you, was that the city that came approached you guys about the try and fly, or you went to the city and said, "Hey, I got this great so, idea." Yeah, so we, we went to the city and proposed it. Um, they, they've been wanting some programming from the club for a while, and we just haven't found the right time to or the you know the content to do it. Um, and uh, during the course of the pandemic, you know, actually a couple things back up. We uh, we were the recipients of two uh, uh, you know very nice grants from the AMA, the TAG grants, Take Off and Grow grants uh, that we applied for, and that was. Uh, to purchase things like flight simulators for some of the town events where we have a booth, let the youth try the, you know, virtually the, the simulator. And we also invested in a club trainer, um, an apprentice airplane and a, you know, a DX six transmitter system and batteries and charger and all that stuff. And we did the, the buddy box flying. Well, this idea for a try and fly was basically, uh, you know, we did it. We actually, we did three of them kind of as a pilot, um, just, you know, a two hour block of time on three different Saturdays. We, um, had just maybe half a dozen inquiries at different periods of people that were interested in learning about RC flight, joining the club, the RC hobby. So that's really what it is, right? We reached out to those folks said, Hey, come out. It's no cost. We'll uh, give you a little ground school, talk to you about the club, the hobby, and then give you a buddy box flying and, and literally, you know, using the safe, you know, system, the kind of the horizon method of pilot training. We were getting people within, you know, 10 or 15 minutes taking off and landing, you know, with, uh, with the safe system. So um, we felt like we had kind of our routine down and uh, we'd be able to offer, you know, this program through the parks and rec department and we'll see how it goes, but we're, we're pretty excited about it. Um, hey, hey, Jay, did, uh, did horizon hobby pay their, uh, their, uh, licensing fee for, uh, for us at, uh, touting them? Cause if not, we're going to have to go back and B 
beep all that out whenever Doug or even when I just said, you know, Horizon Harvest. I'll have to put it in post video where a little. Tap yeah, post video, just sort of beep, beep. Yeah. beep. It's not really a bad word, but you know, you gotta. <laughs> or maybe it's just silence instead of a beeping because we don't we don't want to say they're a bad word, but at least there you go. You know, they gotta earn their spot. I think. <laughs> well, I you know I think that um, uh, we talk about park flying. You know, a park is uh, a place where a lot of people go together to, uh, to to hang out, walk their dog, go on a jog, a hike, or whatever. And then when they see people doing, you know, RC flight in a park, it, it generates a lot of attention, uh, people that are curious. And, you know, throughout the pandemic, even in the even in the worst of the worst, where we were all double masked out, out in the field, you know, because of uh, stuff going on. I mean, we had visitors every week. We have you know, several. There's always somebody new that, oh, I heard about you or I was getting my oil changed last weekend and I had my airplanes in the car. Right. <laughs> and uh, I have my Skyhawk shirt on. And the guy said, oh, are you with the, you know, the club that flies over here in the park? I said, Absolutely. Very nice. When you get off work, come no, on, no, no, I'm not. Uh, I don't know why you think that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't that uh, that quick, you know. But uh, yeah. So, so Doug, I got to ask: Have you had any? Uh, I mean, those are all great experiences. But have you had any Karens? Like, you guys are flying. Hey, that plane's flying really loud. It's too loud, or it's too. My kid's trying to play soccer, but he keeps looking at the planes. You guys got to get out of here. Have you had any of that stuff? Or met anybody like that? You know, no, I, I can't say we have had any of that. Um, well, well, Jay, yeah. I, I would say this too. Uh, you know, if if you're flying to the left as you first get on the park, is that where you guys are still flying? Yeah, that space mm-hmm. to the left. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you remember Jay when you were there that when you first drive in, uh, there's a section off to the left, oh, and then right. it's like acres and acres before you can even get to where most people are. I think. Uh, uh, right. To me, it looks I like keep forgetting that that when you have the urine, yeah, it's the, the empty fields on the that. other side of the road are like horse area, but I don't know if there's a horses there or not. But that's what it looks like to me, or that's what I think about when I see it. And yeah, so, so there's not anybody around uh, whenever they come in. They just it's like ooh ah, oh, and then they keep on going. Right. Yeah, I mean we, yeah, and, and the park uh, they still haven't had their official grand opening yet, but it's it's getting very close. They had to build some bathroom facilities. <clears throat> Those are. Uh, installed. Um, they put in a dog park, which is actually adjacent to the RC field. It's a very nice dog, you know, dog park uh, for for you know walking and having you know free range dogs, uh, ming- you know, commingling there. You're gonna um, need to bring your RC dog in there and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, occasionally we get the rogue people that say, "Oh, there's too many people on the RC field. I'm just gonna go back to the big, you know, 20 acre event field." and fly my mess back there because I don't want to, I don't want to be a show off or, or I don't want the attention. Right. So, um, but, uh, it would kind of, we don't get up in everybody's grill about all that stuff. I mean, there's park people that'll, you know, redirect them back to the RC flying, flying field, but you know, we're, uh, as good stewards of the club and of the, of the facility in the area, you know, we're, we're going to follow, we're going to follow what we've got and, and promote it quite heavily. So, yeah. Right. I'm well, excited. I can't, I can't wait to get there and, and uh, join in on the fun. Yeah. 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 I, you know, we, we haven't, we've had, we've had pre-registration out there through Eventbrite for a few weeks. We've got a few people sign up. I, 
you know, the, the online signups kind of always lag the on-site um, registrations. But good gosh, when I pushed out a couple promos on it, I mean, we got probably 100 hits back wow. from people checking it out. So I know there's interest there. I'm, I'm just hopeful that folks, uh, you know, do decide to venture out. I, I know that some of these events, you know, there's attendance. People are, people are, you know, they love the fact that we're back in event season and, you know, again, living with the pandemic, but, you know, having fun, right. You know, not letting right. it control us and, and, uh, and just being able to, you know, enjoy ourselves outside and enjoy, enjoy our hobby. And so I don't, I don't anticipate any disruption of that. I think the parks and rec has been very, they've continued to be very supportive of us and what we do. And, and, uh, they, they, they really are, they're great to work with. So I can't speak more highly enough of the, of the, of the town where I live and where our club is, you know, yeah, home. It, it makes me want to move there. I'll be honest with you. Uh, other than the fact that I like Texas so much, I, I probably would. Um, but, uh, but, uh, you know, you said something about controlling us and I, I kind of want to go back to, uh, you know, Jay and Mike talked a little bit about, um, some of the new rules and things that are going on with the um, FAA, I guess it is, right? Yep. Uh, and and that they're doing um, all kinds of stuff. Now, one of the things that struck me as I was listening to the podcast was he was like, okay, chapter three. I was like, what is this, a, like a friggin' novel? I mean, how many chapters does this thing have? And, you know, I, I didn't go and look at the, the specifics, and Mike laid out a lot of the, what I thought would be the detail that needed to be looked at. But at the same time, you know, it's three chapters long. I don't, you know, is it a hundred? Is it like War and Peace, or I don't know how thick that thing no, is. No, it's not quite as quite no. as long as War and Peace, but uh, you know, it might be as dry though. I, I understand. It, yeah, it's but, not. It's not like a good read. It's you know. But one of the things, one of the things he said at the end there, it kind of struck me was he said, "It gets to the point where people don't want to do it, uh, fly RC, and." You know what? I kind of feel the way he's talking about. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't need to deal with this regulation. And then it hit me. Is that maybe that's what they're trying to do? That they're they're making it a, a big enough hurdle where people just think it's so overwhelming to do that they, they don't want to do it anymore. And I and I would hope that people would kind of get a sense of saying, you know what? This is this is fun, and I want to do this, and I'm going to do it despite this stuff. And then the other thing that comes to my mind is even though they gave local police uh, authority to enforce these rules, um, uh, you know, I think we need to get out there and make that happen, make them enforce these rules. Because I feel, I find that I feel like if they go to court on all this stuff, that this is going to blow up in their face. That's what I think. Whether anybody's got the balls or the money or both. To do that, I don't know. I think there are people in the in the world like that, or in the U.S. specifically like that. Um, you know, uh, I think he referred to XJet, and he talked about that stuff. I I know they deal with that stuff too. It's just at a different level in a different way. But um, you know, I listened to XJet's video too, and I thought, you know what, he's right. If we if we just let this, if we just lay down and let this happen, uh, that's that's how stuff like this you know, gets out of control. And, and so, so on the one hand, I feel like this is, you know, I'm frustrated and I'm upset, 
that all these rules are in place and I have to follow, you know, theoretically follow it. They, they've got me afraid to even turn my airplane on because I might get, you know, because I turned it on on the ground and there was a guy standing behind me that I didn't know about. I'm being reckless and now I'm going to get a ticket or go to jail or whatever. They, they didn't even tell you, right? And so it, it just create a lot of fear. And I, and I feel like when that's happening, when I feel a lot of fear without real reason and logic to feel that fear, then and somebody's doing something wrong. That's how, yeah, that's how I take I, it. Yeah. I, I guess, you know, I, I, I went out and I was, I knew that this AC was out. I don't recall what, and I might've missed some communication with the AMA on it. I probably have. And that's, uh, that's too bad, but I really didn't, I didn't, I knew this was out, but I didn't know what the comment period was and you know that, but after your podcast, I went out and I, I read, you know, what this had to say, because it obviously describes, you know, what it, the requirements for a CBO, right? So AMA, which hopes to be granted CBO status, whenever that's a decision can be made on that. Right. I mean, they haven't uh, even been granted status for that yet. So no, nobody has. Right. So, right. you know, we're all hopeful that they'll be able to do that. I, I'm not, and this is probably my ignorance or just me trusting a little bit. I'm not as fearful of all of this because actually in my mind, and, and, and we'll see if this plays out over time. I feel like because I grew up, I've grown up in the hobby for you know quite a while um, that, you know, the AMA structure was always to behave like a, you know, a private FAA for model aircraft, right? They set the rules up. They defined how you fly the safety culture. And when I got back into the hobby in 2013, after being out of the hobby for about 12 years, you know, not flying actively and not really paying attention to what's going on, you know, the technology leak that came to where you could just go out and buy, you know, a quadcopter. And I, that was that was like the first thing I bought when I got back. I was enamored with a camera, right, that I was going to fly a, ca- a little camera up and, and take a photo of myself or a video from 100 feet in the air. I thought that was so cool. Cause I never got to do that with my airplanes. I never, you know, never did that. Cause they hurt um, when they hit you. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the other thing is here. I've got this little thing that weighs, you know, I don't know, a few hundred grams that when I got it above my house, I was kind of nervous that, you know, something might happen to it. It would fall and hit something caught, you know, it's not going to cause a lot of damage. It doesn't weigh much, but then you start reading about, you know, people are flying a DJI Phantom over a crowd or they, you know, they crash or they let it fly away and, that doesn't bother them. I mean, I got a pit in my stomach because I, I felt responsible, but that's how I grew up. So that's, you know, what I wonder with these regulations, you know, to me, I'm accepting of it because I kind of grew up in that culture of where the AMA came from. Right. But other folks who entered the hobby didn't have any of that framework. So to them, it wasn't, it was more of a, Hey, I should be able to fly this thing wherever I want. Well, because yeah, they bought know, it, they just went and bought it in a, in a store. Right. And, I mean, well, yeah. Store. They just went in the store. Hey, look, this is on sale. That's kind of cool. Fifty bucks. Take it, and they go out and they go fly it, and they don't even know that there's any kind of restrictions or any. You know, they don't. They just think of it as a toy. You know, right? And they don't give any thought to hey, there's some liability with this. There's some other things that should go with this. Hey, there's a whole culture that goes with this this device. So I think that has part, that's partially the blame, right? Because usually you couldn't buy this stuff unless you went to a specialty store with specialty people that would talk to you about what you were purchasing, what you were purchasing, as opposed to you get online, click, click, and something shows up in a box at your house. Yeah. Well, 
you know, what I liked about the hobby was all the aspects that went into the ho- went into the hobby. Okay, if you wanted to explore like how the radio worked, you know, how does the servo work? What are the intricacies of inside that? How do you, um, you know, it used to be you'd have a, a radio system with four servos. Two would would rotate for a stick input clockwise, and two would rotate counterclockwise. Well, sometimes you'd have an installation where you need a third one that rotates the other way, right? <laughs> so you had to like kind of either be brave enough to now learn how to solder or if you knew how to do that, now you got to just know what's involved in taking that servo apart and make, you know, I like the engineering aspect of that, you know, build, building something out of sticks, understanding the structures. I mean, it's, it's why I went into engineering school. It's because I like that kind of that insider, how it was built and made and why it was made that way aspect of it. Right. So there was a lot of learning along the way. I don't know because I can't retrain my mind to think how would it be if I just was in today's age where I just go in the hobby shop. I want to fly it. I'll buy it. I don't build it. I buy it and fly it. And when I'm bored of that, it goes on the shelf. Maybe I sell it to somebody else. Maybe I just don't do it anymore. And as Mike's saying, you know, I think that's, you know, that to me is what over time maybe erodes the hobby, (laughs) at least the hobby, how I define the hobby and how I've enjoyed it through my life. Right. Well, I guess you can go both ways. On one hand, it's so easy, right, to get into the hobby yep. and learn how to fly, just like you, your your event that you have coming up, right? People can show up have never flown before, but because of the electronics that are in that system, it can allow a, a beginner who doesn't know left from right, right from left, with some basic instruction, can land the plane, is flying the plane and can land it within just a short yep. order. Where, think yep. about how long it took you you know, and how many crashes and how many rebuilds did it take for you to learn how to fly? You know? More than a summer. <laughs> More than a summer. <laughs> exactly. So, um, I mean, on that yeah. on that aspect, I think that's a great thing, right? Because somebody can come in yep. nowadays, right, for 100, 150 bucks, and they can get into this hobby and have fun and learn how to fly, you know, and do all right and be successful. On the other hand, because the, I guess, the entry point to get in is so low that somebody will go, hey, like you said, a DGI Friday, Friday, DGI Friday, uh, a DGA, DGI um, uh, drone and go, oh, hey, that was only two or three hundred bucks. I'm going to take it to New York City, go fly it, you know, under and around this bridge for the heck of it and not realize what they're doing or what rules they're breaking or you know, they smash it into a, a skyscraper, it falls out of the sky, and they're like, oh, well, that was cool. I got, a, I got a cool bit of video out of that. Or, you know, like I said, they're irresponsible, but they think of it as, eh, well, it's just this little piece of plastic. What could, what could it hurt or who could it hurt? Not realizing yeah. that, you know, when you take it up a 20- or 30-story building and, you know, crash it into it and have it fall on some pedestrian on the, on the ground, you know, you could do a lot of damage. So, yeah. I guess it's both sides of the coin on that one. Well, and you know, all of what I, all of what I said, uh, you know, I think, you know, today you can buy it and fly it and experience kind of that end point, which, you know, it took me three months, right. To build a plane back in the day, <laughs> get everything set up to bring out to the field for the first time to fly it for a little bit, not very well, you know, and then it took an entire summer to actually learn. There was a lot of determination involved in that whole process where, Today, and I've, we've seen proof of it because our club does this, you know, you use that technology that's available to you in the aircraft to get someone to have that successful up and down experience, right? So now 
They know what the endpoint is, right? The flying of the machine. If they want to dig a layer down or even go into more detail in any direction they want to, there's all of that richness there. Just going about it in a reverse fashion. Um, again, you know, these, these rules, this evolution of the hobby, and we're, we're in an environment today with technology and stuff that, you know, wasn't, wasn't really with commercialization of the hobby. Right. Right. Um, because, and, and I've, you know, I've always felt, and, you know, this is me just, you know, accepting that the FAA has responsibility over the airspace. And until we had critical mass of, of, you know, putting things into the air, yeah, it didn't matter. Like, when were you going to, when were you going to run into an RC aircraft with a real plane? Well, it probably would never happen because there just weren't that many of them in the air. Um, I don't think there's million. I don't know that there are millions of drones in the air. I, I get it that maybe millions of people bought drones, but I, they're not all going to remain hobbyists and want to keep flying their stuff. They're certainly not going to be flying at the same time. No, that's right. That's right. But, you know, I, I guess we'll see how it evolves. Uh, well, we'll see how it, how it evolves, right? Are we, is, is, is someone's Subway sandwich going to be flying over my, my head? If it crashes in my yard and it's, and it's a BMT or a turkey sub, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> yeah right, <laughs> and I'm gonna wave right. at the camera while I'm doing it, right? You know, yeah, you're exactly right. You know? Exactly right. I'll, I'll I'll turtle mode that 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 drone back up and take the sandwich. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm kidding, but yeah. So, anyway. Well, I think I know for me for the circular, I'm just worried once again that in order, you know, that they are overstepping their bounds by using this device, meaning the circular, not as it was intended to be used, to, to get their way without having to go through the proper channels. You know, meaning going through Congress, having the stuff voted on, the long period of time that, you know, that it takes to get these things changed. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be slowed down, take your time, figure things out, make sure you're not you making know, I wonder mistakes. how much teeth it really has, though, you know? I mean, don't know. That's it's, that's the yeah, unknown. And so and so, you know, having a conversation about this big, scary government oversight stuff happening, you know, below the covers. If it doesn't have any teeth, then it doesn't matter. And it's a, a conversation over. But well, that's teeth, true. If I can. Yeah. If I'm going to get charged 500 bucks because I did whatever and they it was arbitrary and some cop decided that he didn't like my attitude. So he wrote a ticket and I was being dangerous or whatever. Uh, you know, then, then I have a problem with that. Right. Obviously. Um, well, but yeah, that, that's where I, I hope it does have teeth in that regard. I mean, again, for my concern is we're just going to keep from, we're just going to keep doing what we do in the way we do it in partnership with our, you know, with our town and our parks and rec yeah, and all you, that. You guys that's, have that's, a fantastic that, 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 that's a good position to be in. Oh, yeah. I encourage other clubs that might be able to form such partnerships. They should do it. Right. Where I hope this thing has teeth is for the folks that don't want to, you know, they don't want to fly in the designated area. They they see this other place that's wide open. They want to fly in that area, and there's reasons why, you know, the town or the FAA or someone else doesn't want you to. And without some teeth and something, you know, you can't even have a police officer ask them to leave, right? Because they'll say, you know, it's my it's my right or whatever their whatever excuse is, and. That ain't going to work either, right? Because we're going yeah, to be. And you make a good point, Doug. There, there are plenty of laws on the still on the books that people violate every day that right. they they never get they never get a ticket for or get uh uh you know 
it gets acted upon. So I guess there's, you know, that aspect of it too, right? They're there yeah. to protect the people who are doing the good stuff. They're there to hopefully stop people from at least making a second look at what they're doing as being risky or dangerous in some way. And then it gives authorities some ability to, um, to, to act upon it. I, I think the challenge I have, uh, and we've seen it over the last couple of years, is that you know authority has gotten a little bit out of control in some in, in some instances, and I you know I get it. It's not every time. It's not all of them, but they're still out there. And so I don't I don't want that to increase. Give them more avenues yep. to increase that ability to do that too. So there's got to be checks and there's got to be ways. And Jay's point about the process. Uh, uh, not being followed by doing what they're doing. This, what is it called? Regulatory what? Uh, uh, not discrimination. Uh, regulatory. Um, oh, no. Indirection. 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 Regulatory. Oh, okay. Indirection. Yeah. yeah. And that, 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 that process, that, that's bad. That's just generally bad. We, right. we, we didn't, our, our country didn't, you know, become what it is from regulatory indirection. They did right. in some aspects. You can see it in some places, but, you know, we didn't, most of the laws weren't made that way. Well, you right. know, this might just end up like uh, CB radios. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so if you guys remember, you know, back in the 70s and everything, you know, the FCC said, hey, you know, if you're yeah. going to be, if you're going to be, uh, you know, broadcasting on these bands, you know, you, you got to get a license, you got to do this stuff, you can be fine, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, Smoking the Bandit and another movie came out and. CB radios Cannonball run <laughs> might have been, it, it, but it was right in that time frame, and they were, and so the FCC was like supposedly cracking down on, you know, people who weren't licensed, and then those things came out, and then everybody had a CB radio, and then they just it just blew the government, you know, the, the government couldn't keep up with or do anything with the with the slew of people that had CB radios and that weren't. You know, and, and, and in the end, and yeah. in the end, the, the incidents where they were worried about, well, this could happen, that could happen. While it happened occasionally or once or twice, so that the news could just really go for it, it over time it stopped, stopped, or or it wasn't right. really that right. critical of an issue. So, well, yeah, my my guess is, uh, you know, the moment this is finalized, the moment there are actual teeth in the law where somebody can actually be charged with something is probably when we will see someone or hear someone has been charged in a public way. <laughs> I don't believe that, you know, law enforcement has the time or the, you know, this is a big enough problem that they're going to be like going out and harassing people flying models in the park. But I think for, to set an example, right. You know, there's probably somebody that's going to be, be rogue and is going to get themselves crossways and become the first person that's fined heavily for, doing something they shouldn't be. Well, right? I know people as who an, drive without example. insurance, right? I know people who drive without their per, their their uh, the, the permits that the state requires of them to have in their cars. I know people who drive without without a license plate on their car. I mean, people do illegal stuff all the time, and sometimes they get caught, and sometimes they don't. It's the risk they take, as you're pointing out. I don't do yeah. that because I don't, I don't want to pay the ticket. I, I wear my seatbelt. One, because I think it's a great idea. But two, I, you know, I don't need a ticket either. So, uh, 
you know, I, I get what you're saying, Doug, and I, I, I do support that. But I, I'm just, I'm just, my concern is that there's going to just be overdone, and yep. uh, and with the vagueness that's here and the way that they're able to implement new rules, um, that vagueness is a problem. It needs to be defined. Yeah, and and I guess the other thing too that I always had a problem with was the, hey, well, we require this technology in order for this stuff to work but we don't have this technology, but they're required, you know, it's kind of like we're requiring you to have this. So, yeah. you know, and so we're writing regulations for a technology that, that hasn't been, you know, implemented yet. It doesn't exist. And we're writing legislation against that, something, you know, so we have no idea how it's going to work, how big it actually is going to be, how expensive it's going to be. But you're saying that I require you to have it. It seems kind of, you know, ridiculous. In, in that sense. So, yeah, well, you know, we'll, again, uh, you know, you got to get, you got to get a CBO recognized, these, uh, these FAA recognized identification areas, free is have to be established, right? That's the only way you'll be able to legally fly without the technology that doesn't exist that you're talking about, Jay, right. on your aircraft, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, We'll just have to see how this how this you know unfolds. I'm part of me thinks that yeah you know people that aren't hobbyists right, but were charged with writing the rules for hobbyists. Yeah, they got they hear they hear in the AMA, but they put their little spin on it right because they think they know better. But they're not hobbyists, so they're not biased with our flavor, right? right. We, we know how we control ourselves. I don't fly missions beyond line of sight, right. Right. you know, to, to places unknown, right? Because I'm concerned about the safety of others with something I'm supposedly controlling and flying through the through the air, right? Um, but I'm, I wonder, you know, is some aspects of the newness and neatness of the of the hobby that got all these people interested in drones and stuff maybe that's waning, and it's not even seen here, right? Like these are all hitting the deck, all these rules and regulations and all this teeth, and the the big bulk of people they've moved on, you know. The hula hoop's dead or whatever, or whatever the fad is, right? They're, they've moved on to something else. <laughs> Maybe it's the one wheel. Oh. You never show on the one wheel. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. The, the skateboard that ain't, it's the, I'm, I can't even do it justice. We've got one guy who has one of those. He loves the thing. And I'm, at my age, I'm not getting on that. That's, that's like a, that's like a. They're a lot of fun. Place. <laughs> Are they? Fun. Yes. <laughs> so, anyway. So uh, on, a, on, on a fun note, uh, so Doug, uh, any new builds this summer or for the beginning of the year? Builds like models. Models, actual mo- you know, something we're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, I know we're supposed to build. No, I've not. I've not. You know, after you guys did your, uh, your podcast talking about the Consendo, right? Consendo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, glider. Right. Yeah. I, I bought a used one off a club member um, and uh, I've enjoyed that. That's nice. I didn't have a big glider, uh, a speedster glider, a hot glider. What's it, a hot liner? Well, it's hot more liner is what Mike calls it. Hot liner. Yeah, warm liner. Uh, no, but I haven't haven't really been building anything. How about you, Jay? Uh, I've started a lot of projects, but I haven't finished many. That's <laughs> That's the terrible thing about me. I start something and then I and then I'm squirrel and then I start something else and then squirrel 
and then I have all is that these your, uh, uh, projects that need to be finished. So. Are they all behind you on that shelf? Because it looks like that could be like a, a progression of partly partially assembled aircraft back there. Uh, basically, I, I got uh, part of a, a, a glider there, and then I have a mini stick that's sitting down there that uh, just barely see it. That one's flying. Um, then I have uh, a plane that uh, got destroyed, and then I got off a guy in Craigslist that I'm putting back together, and that's uh, a little Cherokee that's on its side there. So I, I got I got various planes, all sorts of planes here and there, and and then on the ground back there, I got the, that 3D printed one that I got on Craigslist too. That uh, when uh, AZ Mike was out here, we went to fly, and just as we took off, the uh, nose section detached from the rest of the body and went flying off and, and exploded. So the uh, seat, it wasn't glued on very well. And there was no way you were going to see that it, it was or wasn't. It seemed, it seemed fine until it flew off. So uh, I have to put that back. You know, I reprinted out the nose, but I haven't glued it back on. And, you know, it's like I said, it's just another project that I, I got to get to. Yep. So, yeah, lots of stuff to do right there. And this is the time to be doing it when it's, well, it's just getting hot here in Texas. We've had such a cool summer. Um, like I said, I've been spending a lot of time mowing the grass, which normally I'm not doing here at, during the summer anyway. Oh, so you didn't you didn't get the oppressive heat that went more unusually north in the U.S. Yeah, not, yeah. didn't yeah. hit Texas. We, no, we got so we got I think one hundred degree day we've had maybe two over the last couple weeks. Yeah, just a couple. Uh, you know, I'm half expecting them to show up at the end of August, um, and maybe the beginning of September. But I, you know, I haven't lived here long enough to know if that's a reality or just me yeah, wondering. This is, it's been when's the other shoe going to drop? Uh, they said, I think I saw a thing on the news yesterday. They said this is the coolest it's been in Texas since like 2007 or, or eight or something. I'm very happy about well, that. I, I, yeah. I, you know, I love, love Texas heat, but it's nice to, to be out. You know, it's, it's good to go outside. I don't have to wear a jacket. I wear shorts and a short sleeve shirt. And, you know, usually the only reason I have to worry about a jacket now is because of the mosquitoes, you know, the bugs. But other than that, you know, it's nice to just be able to go out, you know, in your sandals and go walking around outside. I love that stuff. Of course, there is the there is the chiggers. Chiggers. You know, when you're mowing your lawn, I have a friend who just got a new piece of property where we fly our permit or a new LZ. And so uh, it's got a lot of grass and uh, some trees. And so we've been out, out every once in a while helping them clear the land and stuff because it's it, it, I don't think it had been touched for like 20 years. Like it had been sitting fallow for 20 years. And so uh, we went out there, and I came back, you know, from one of the – and I had all these bumps on my leg. I was like, what is that? It's like, what happened? Uh, and it turns out, you know, there, there's these things called chiggers, which I didn't know much about. Uh, but I know a lot about them now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they, got, they, get on your, they get on your legs, and they, they bite, and they itch. It's, it's you know not going to die, but it's it's a it's they you know, don't burrow Alaska, in, right? Yeah, in Alaska you can see the mosquitoes coming. They're so big, you just oh there he, there he is right there. You know, I think Jay has one of those assault guns. You know, it shoots salt at him. You know, you, you just fire away at him. But here, this stuff sneaks up on you. You don't you don't even know. So so have you gotten the whole briefing as to how to protect yourself from uh, from triggers and stuff like that? Well, the interesting thing is both times that I've gone out and I've gotten them, I've had long pants on. And I've had, uh, you know, 
covered head to toe, like gloves and you know long arm sleeves and stuff. But but what uh, wasn't really talked about is they might get on your socks and then kind of crawl on up and then get on your body and then bite you. So you have to kind of spray yourself too yep. for uh, to with with insecticide, you know, DEET or whatever, uh, whatever's going to kill them and not me, right? And then, um, uh, and that that's the way to do it. Now, I I just learned this last time that um, you also have to be worried about what's in your car. So I was out in space, and then I came back. Well, I guess I brought them with me because uh, I didn't have any bites that night, but the next day I had a bunch of bites. So, like, where did they come from? I wasn't out in anywhere to get it. Well, it turns out they're probably in my car, you know, because I, I sat down in my seat, right? So uh, it probably transferred from the seat onto my legs, and then they bit me, and good to go. So I took care of that today. How, how'd you do that? <laughs> I fumigated. Oh, okay. I put I put some DEET in my car and I closed the doors and said, "Take that, bugs." So, we'll yeah, see how that works out. <laughs> now you're praying for the hundred tech, you know, hundred degree heat, right, to get what, that to kill car the bugs? cooking. Yeah, to kill yeah. The bugs. I don't I don't know I don't know how long they survive without being near grass or whatever. Like I don't know what their survival length, the meantime between failures is for the for the bug life, but uh, you know, hopefully the DEET did it. Well, Doug, you guys, you guys have that same problem out there with all. You know, if you're out in the in the woods, right? Stomping yeah. Well, that and ticks. ticks more ticks. Problems. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say more ticks, yeah. right? You guys have more ticks. Yeah, I haven't. Well, to my knowledge, I haven't had chiggers, but uh, but ticks. Yeah, ticks are a problem. Hmm. You got to worry about Lyme disease. Probably okay. doing yeah. Texas as well, right? Yeah. Everything. Well, yeah. Everything. Wants yeah. To, yeah. But we don't. Kill. Yeah, we don't walk around the woods too often here. I don't anyway. Walk around the woods too often here. What about lemon disease? Do you have to worry about that? Is that a different thing? What is that? I think he's making like banana disease. It's it's just another oh. fruit. Okay. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, uh, with your uh, paramotor stuff, Mike. Um, so, have you? Uh, Anything that can translate over for uh, some RC use or something like that that you've uh... so uh, recently I printed out uh, what what I'd call a low idle tool because um, like where the low idle is if your engine's hot and you have a screwdriver that could fit in there uh, the problem would be one you might touch the muffler because you're too close to it because most screwdrivers aren't the right size uh, two the 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 um, the tip of it will slide. You know, if you have a slotted screwdriver, they don't always stay in there. And so you're dealing with the hot whatever. You you burn yourself and you move your screwdriver and that's, you know, that's it. You got to, Now you got to hassle your way back in there again. So I made a tool that, that will fit over the slotted end of that low idle. And you press it on and it stays on there with pressure. And then you can rotate the low idle as you need to. And it's got a little tick mark there to show you where how far you've turned it so you know you don't have to remember it's like oh yeah it started here i turned it here and i was thinking you know that could probably translate over uh for guys who do gassers right because don't you got to get your fingers in there like reach in there and try to turn the i I don't jim uh you know when he was adjusting the idle and uh, everything else and of course he had the shortest little screw or shortest little thing to grab to turn. It was this teeny, right. teeny, tiny thing, and I'm just like, what? Right. 
gosh, <laughs> you know, the prop's moving 10,000 RPM. And he's over yeah. there trying to grab this little thing with this, you know, with a prop you can't see. And uh, I was just nervous. He, I mean, he did it perfectly safe. I mean, all the years he's been doing it, but it just made, you know, made me, you know, Mr. Safety just, I was just kind of biting my nails while I'm sitting there watching him do it, you know, and I was just like, oh my gosh. So, there, so there I could probably make way. an extended version of my tool that fits, you know, most of those uh, idle um, I, I, I mean, it, it see didn't that take coming me, in handy. Yeah, it didn't take me very long to design it. You know, it just has a fat end, so, you, you know, big old fat fingers. You know, I can actually turn the thing instead of having to try to grab onto it. Right. And, uh, and then a nice thin rod to go touch onto the throttle adjustment or whatever. Plus, plus I like that, the idea that it's plastic, so if, if by chance you messed up and hit the prop, you know, it's just going to... It's just going to break it up, and you don't have to worry about. It. Yeah, or yeah. swipe it away anyway, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, maybe it'll maybe it'll survive it, but it won't be your finger. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oof. Yep. Couldn't imagine. Yeah. So I, you know, I think that could that could be a um, a definite crossover from that. Yeah. Well, oh, if if uh, any of our listeners out there uh, uh, who's been three D printing and you've been making tools for uh, your RC stuff, hey, you know, uh, look us up on Facebook or. Uh, Hit us up with uh, an email and, you know, give us give us some info as to what you guys are building or making or any kind of safety tools. Uh, we'd, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, that's cool. Speaking of which, uh, I take it, uh, Doug, you haven't made any, uh, with your 3D printer, you haven't been made any tools or safety tools for, uh, for your hobby out there? No. Uh, I did... You know, what's cool about having a 3D printer, right, is you find uses for it when something breaks, obviously, right? So uh, we, were, we were given a transmitter. It was the DX6E, um, and the uh, power-on button had broken. And so there was just a hole where the button was, right? And, and to turn the transmitter on, you'd stick your little pinky through the hole and press a, you know, a little <laughs> copper bubble on the, on the PC board to make it start up. So, um, you know, given that I have a 3D printer and wanted to, you know, use the Tinker Tinkercad skills, uh, you know, I designed a little, little button to fit in that hole and thought about a little mechanism to like, a little plunger, right, that would be captured by that insert and then would, you know, allow you to press it. But anyway, it worked out well. So I, I you know, I, I gave it back to the, the guy who, who uh, you know, was letting me use that transmitter. I gave him back the transmitter completely rebuilt with a new power button. <laughs> you know? oh, that's very and, cool. Uh, I, I like that yeah. kind of stuff to me. That's, that's, you know, when you, when you think about like one of the concerns when I made the low idle adjuster is that, you know, that stuff melts at 200 C. Well, the engine gets up to 200 C easy, but I yeah. started thinking about that and it was like, well, yeah, but the carburetor is really not going to get that hot. And even if it does, by the time I get to the ground to adjust it, I'm not adjusting it midair, and I'm not leaving it on, uh, you know, on when I'm flying. Uh, right. You know, so, so uh, that that's perfectly fine to use PLA, but I could also use ABS or something else that, that, that melts at a higher temp. And so, again, those are all very cool things in my mind that you can do with I – haven't, I haven't tested it, the plastic stuff, with regard to fuel yet, like – if I put it in gasoline, what would happen to the PLA? I'm not really sure. Um, uh, but I, I haven't uh, for just some of the stuff that I've been messing around I with. I can't imagine it's going to melt, but I don't know. I, I just don't know. I haven't noticed anything like that, but 
not for yeah. long-term use. I, I can't really, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I made um, so. I made a whole uh, gizmo. I think I put it I put it on our uh, site earlier. I designed a, for the gasser that I have. I had designed a whole um, a station for my um, to hold my uh, what do you want to call it? My fueler and uh, my uh, gas cap uh, for my uh, gas can and you know a whole bunch of stuff I had designed and and I printed it out in uh, you know PLA and and uh, ABS plastic. You know, now the, like I said, I don't have much experience because other than you know doing a function check with some liquid in the in the can to see if the thing leaked, I didn't fill it full of actual fuel and then you know left it sitting for six or eight months, you know to say what's happened to it. That's the only thing I I don't. Well, know. well, really, just take about a cup of fuel and you drop that thing in there and see what would happen to it after a little <laughs> bit. I mean, right? It wouldn't take much to figure it out. It might be a big gel of nothing on the bottom or might be solid yeah. i mean I, I look at the gas cap i currently have and it looks like abs plastic to me uh, but well, I, I don't like know I said, even even if it does melt the uh, the pla i'll i can definitely find like po uh, polycarbonate or some other other type of plastic that i can just turn around sure. and, since i have all the files right i could just print out another one and that's the sure. other beauty of this hobby that i like uh 3d printing at least with what we're doing you know if something wears out breaks like your buddy's button or whatever, heck, you, you could print them out a different color, different material, uh, do it next time. And um, We were talking PDU. about control arms the other day, remember, Jay? Oh, yeah. We were looking yep. for control arms. I mean, that that's probably one of the biggest things that you break or lose or whatever is that control arm and maybe the screw that goes on top of it, but uh, uh, which are harder to replace. But, but, you know, just making a new control arm that might be a little bit longer. Right. Or it might need have a bigger hole for the cable that you have instead of And the other thing that I liked hole. about that was that uh, on Thingiverse, there was a whole, I, once again, I didn't know that there was a whole, you know, category of different servos. You know, servo arms, uh, Futaba, uh, you know, you name it, that there were servo arms for a whole slew of different stuff. And I was like, wow, I had no idea. And that, like you said, yeah, you got to Yeah, you got to really appreciate the dudes who spend the time and, and uh, put that stuff out there and, you know, that's an awesome thing. Yeah. Well, and, and like I said, the best part about it is if you have a weird model, not a weird model, but, you know, you have a unique model that needs, like you said, a longer servo arm or a different shaped servo arm in order to fit where you have the servo, you know, you can grab something off of a uh, of Thingiverse, do your modification, stick it all back together, and go print it out. And that that's pretty cool, I, you know. That's what I love about having a 3D printer with this hobby. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. You know, so. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Um, well, we're getting kind of close to the, you know, our hour's almost up, gentlemen. Um, so, uh, like you said, uh, Doug, so you said you have uh, two things coming up uh, after uh, uh, Labor Day, right? Or Labor Day, uh, Memorial Day. Labor Day? No, I'm getting confused. Labor Day. Labor Day. <laughs> After Labor Day. Yep. So um, yep. Uh, you, you have the Try or Fly, right? That's going to be in November? Yep. Try and Fly is in November. And uh, yep. Holly Fest, we're going to be doing Buddy Box Flying is in uh, last Saturday in October. Um, yep, those two are events. We'll finish the year out. So Maybe I'll have to try to find a way to live in uh, North Carolina during uh, September, October, and November, you know, just to yeah. be able to hang out there and do that stuff maybe i can work that out 
I mean, cool. I imagine. I don't know if you have any kids left at your house or not, Doug. But maybe I can just move into one well, of those. He's got room, and... right? He's got extra room. We know that. I, yeah. I mean, I don't. We'll put you in the penthouse up in the attic. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's fair. Oh man. Well, once again, uh, Doug, I got to say that your your town is very unique because, you know, all I have is. I guess, negative stuff when it comes for working with uh, agencies, towns, for doing RC stuff, you know, where everybody's against it or they think it's dangerous. And, I mean, you guys are working, you know, in step with, with your community and, and, they, and they love what you do and it's giving them good press and you guys are getting good press and everybody's getting to fly. And, and I think that's interesting too, Jay, given that we are one of the biggest aerospace states out there. That doesn't I know. connect to me. Yeah. It doesn't connect at all. I don't get it. Well, yeah, I just think it, yeah. it's a little bit of luck. It's a little bit about the people you're with and just how either accepting or, you know, that most of the time people are afraid of the unknown or it's something different and they have no idea. I, I remember a, a, a case in point, remember when we tried to fly indoors on base? And I went down to brief, I had to go down to brief a couple of generals or some officers. And they were, they were like, you want to fly? <laughs> they were like, you want to fly these big gas planes in the, in the B-52 hangar? Uh, that's crazy. And I'm like, who, who said I was going to do that, general? I, I want to fly this, <laughs> this Uber light, you know, less than an ounce airplane that puts around. And they were like, huh? No, I, I thought you're, you know, you wanted to fly something like control line and the things are going 500 miles an hour. And I'm like, no, uh, see, they're, they're small and they're, they're tiny and they weigh nothing. And they were like, oh, oh, well, I, that, that's nothing like what, what I was told or what I expected or what I thought was going to happen. And I'm like, no, right. we're, we're just going to go in there. It's just a couple of us. We could fly at one end of the, at one end of the, the, the hangar. And if people are, oh, they put a gym in the other half. And that I said, people in the gym stuff can be on the other half, and we wouldn't even bother them. We wouldn't fly anywhere near them. And they were like, you can do that? <laughs> no, they, they had no idea. They just thought we were going to bring in planes from, you know, outside, you know, 40 inches, you know, and just be zipping them around inside there. So, um, yeah, it took some doing. We finally got to, to fly in there. But, you know, it just was uh, – we just started having a conflict of interest of, you know uh, – People, when we could fly and I still had some things of people, uh, the problems with, as you call them, Karens, you know, oh my gosh, they're flying these planes and we're trying to run around the track and this thing was flying over my head and, you know, my kid was trying to work out and he kept looking at the plane flying and these guys are just, you know, they're just doing this crazy stuff. We're so. dangerous, evil people, Jay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, no, right. everybody, everybody knows that. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, it's very refreshing to hear that you, you actually have guys that they're willing to work with you. And, and it, you know, like I said, it's, I, I know these are going to be big successes and they're going to be a heck of a lot of fun. And it's just going to bring you guys even, you know, a little bit more fame. And everybody wins. That's the, that's the part that I, I like about this story yeah. is everybody wins. The people that come to watch, they win because they get to watch, you know, this fantastic hobby. You know, the town wins because now they have a resource that the taxpayers are paying for. That are you know, it's drawing more people in. Everybody's getting to enjoy this park that that yep. built, you know. Yep. And you guys are getting more more people joining up with the club, and you know, you actually have some youth that are coming out and flying with you. That's that's the biggest thing you know that I just see that's lacking with a lot of clubs. I mean, 
all the guys look like us or even older. You know, <laughs> it's very rare to see somebody who has all their hair. You know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, kid. Come over here. We're gonna shave your head. Exactly. You don't fit in here. <laughs> Initiation. We got some gray paint. Come on over here. We're gonna spray your head. Just That's make sure. Right. That's make right. Sure to fit in. Yep. No, absolutely. So, uh, anything else you want to say to everybody? Why you, why you got this uh, open platform here? Uh, times, places to come, things to bring. Well, if you're anywhere near North Carolina, or specific specifically the Raleigh-Durham area, or, or Holly Springs specifically, Labor Day weekend, Saturday, September 4th. Uh, gates open at 8.30 a.m. Uh, flying starts at 9, and we'll be there till 5. So come join us at Wings Over Springs, and we'll have food on site, plenty of giveaways, and we'll be raising money for Meg's Smile Foundation. It is a good time. Uh, do you want to give a quick, that. Uh, quick uh, uh, input as to what the, the whole Meg's Foundation is all about? Sure. So um, Meg's Smile um, is a local nonprofit here in Holly Springs. Um, Meg was uh, the daughter of the, the founders of the um, Meg Smile Foundation. And basically what they do, uh, their daughter had a very rare form of brain cancer when she was very young and passed away. And so they created a foundation in her honor to basically um, provide uh, you know, experiences for basically terminally ill um, youth in North Carolina. So, um, yeah, it's uh, they're a local, a local nonprofit right here in town. And, and when we founded our club, we said we, we want to uh, adopt a, a charity as kind of ours that we we help support. And Meg's was a was a natural one because of the affiliation with uh, with um, Holly Springs. And uh, the founders are Jim and Terry uh, Wasley. And uh, you can, if you want to donate to that, you can go to Meg's, uh, Meg's Smile, M-E-G-S-M-I-L-E-S.com, uh, or I'm sorry, .org, and uh, click on the donate button and uh, provide a donation to a very good charity. So you can do that even if you're not going to fly or going to go go hang yep, out there? You can, Yep, and uh, if you go to our website, we've got links for you to do that as well. Uh, our Holly Springs Skyhawks is just uh, hssrcg.org. And you can go to the events page, Wings Over Springs, and you'll see the buttons there to, to do all that stuff. True nerds right there. <laughs> That's right. Awesome sauce. Well, gentlemen, um, like you said, our hour's about up. Um, any last takers for anything else that you'd like to put up to the table before we wrap it up? Going once, twice? Nope. I'm All good. right. Well, uh, I'm Jay yeah, from the thanks. Hills of Texas, here with... Aki Mike. And our good buddy from... Tug in North Carolina. There you go. <laughs> Let's fly. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>